Welcome back to Pedagogy Non Grata, where we bridge the gap between scientific research and teaching practices in the classroom. I'm your host today, Joseph, and I will be doing today's podcast alone. Uh, unfortunately, my longtime um, podcast partner and um, very close personal friend, Robert, is having to take a little bit of a break away from the podcast right now. Um, he is going to be still working with the company behind the scenes. He's focusing on some of our math initiatives for online programming. Um, but sadly, he won't be joining us in the near future on the podcast. I do want to give Robert uh, a shout out. Um, he's one of my my personal best friends. He's um, He's been on this podcast since the beginning with me, and uh, I've really enjoyed doing this project with him. Sometimes he and I joke on this podcast, um, but that is always for just the the purpose of the podcast to provide some entertainment value. Um, I have the utmost respect for Robert, and I'm I'm sad to see him go from the show for a little while. Um, but I am happy to say that I found a new co-host who will be coming on, um, hopefully for next week, um, if not shortly. And I do have many interviews lined up for the near future. I do think it could be a, a nice thing for um, the podcast, though, or for Robert in particular, if anyone has a favorite episode before Robert, um, if they could put a little comment on our, our Facebook page. Um, I know personally my favorite Robert episode was Anxiety in the Classroom. Um, and it's actually one of our highest performing episodes. Um, that being said, I, I didn't want to give our audience nothing this week, so I decided to go over a little bit of um, our material. Um, so this week I'm going to be specifically looking at some meta-analysis of what I would call potting. Now, so for the audience who doesn't know what potting is, um, potting is a concept very commonly used in RTI, but it's not mutually exclusive to RTI. So it's the idea that um, within an RTI classroom or um, in general, you break students off into groups, not based off of grade, but based off ability. So let's say I have three classes. Um, you take the students who understand the learning goal um, for a specific learning goal, I should say, in each class, and you break them off into these groups. So the way this should function actually is um, completely based off learning goals, but not based off ability. Um, however, I think oftentimes it does get based off an ability. So in an ideal world, let's say I'm teaching theme. You'd have one group for simple themes, one group for um, more uh, at level themes, and then one group for advanced themes. And as soon as a student gra or demonstrates mastery of said topic, you move them up to the next group. Um, and it's not based off grade, it's based off of understanding that learning goal. Um, this idea is really popular amongst RTI, and I, I think it can be a really powerful tool. However, I think it can also be very problematic. I know uh, oftentimes it gets confused, and it's just broken down amongst ability levels. So you have a low group, a medium group, and a high group. And the problem with that is it, I think it creates a self-fulfilling prophecy. This is an idea I've talked about a ton on the podcast before, but if we have students feeling labeled, there is just an absolute plethora of research showing that they are going to meet that label. So when we tell students they're smart, they actually perform better. And we, when we tell students they're not smart, they perform worse. 
So by taking all the lowest performing students and putting them into a low performing group, we risk essentially labeling them as dumb, for lack of a better term. Um, and that has a negative consequences. Um, so my biggest concern with potting is that that is often how it's done. Now, this isn't, if you have an RTI trainer come into your school, that is not how they will tell you to run it. But I think the truth be told that that is often how it is run. Um, and I think it's part because it's, it's just simpler and easier for people to wrap their minds around. And the implementation of the, the concept is also simpler. Um, but anyone who knows this podcast is listening for a long time knows that if we talk about podcasting or sorry, potting, we always recommend um, using very fluid groups based off learning goals. Um, now, there was uh, another concern I have with potting, and that's just the, the complexity of it and the implementing of it. So RTI is already a complicated system, and I feel like implementing potting on top of RTI can be overwhelming for the teaching force. Now, um, if people remember from the Dylan Williams interview, uh, he points out that most studies um, on RTI show uh, a negative result, and yet meta-analysis shows it has an extremely high yield result, which suggests that um, there is an extreme volatility in the results, meaning that in some schools we have phenomenal results, and in some schools we have terrible results. Um, and I think that's likely in part due to the complexity of RTI, but I also think it might be in part due to potting, just because I think it's so hard to do potting right. And I, I recently came across uh, a really fascinating um, meta-study um, done by Steenberg and Hugh et al. in 2016. Um, and I've written an article about it on our website, which can be found at www.pedagogynongrata.com. Um, but I, I just wanted to share with you some of the results. So they actually they looked at not so much potting, but they, within this meta-study, they looked at ability grouping um, based off of multiple classes over different, potentially different grades, meaning that they group students by ability, not by class. Um, and the results were, were pretty lackluster. They actually looked at um, six total meta-analysis. So they looked at one by Kulik and Kulik in 1992, which had an impact size of 0.03, which is statistically insignificant. Slavin did a 1993 uh, meta-analysis, which had a negative impact size of 0.01. Again, not statistically significant. Noland in 1986 did a, a meta-analysis with 0.01 as the effect size. Again, not statistically significant. Um, Henderson in 1989 had the most statistically significant um, result at 0.34 in the negatives. Now, this is a not a huge result, so it's not, it doesn't tell us everything we need to know, but it is um, statistically significant, and it's the only statistically significant one. Montresteller also did one in 1996 with an effect size of zero, which I've never even seen before. And lastly, when you look at the um, study results by the, the author, when they analyzed all this and recalculated the effect size based off the complete sample of all these studies, they found uh, a negative effect size of 0.03. Now, I wanted to say that um, essentially we have a, a statistically insignificant finding here showing that there's no real benefit or harm on average to um, ability grouping outside of classes. However, we do have multiple studies with negative results, and we do have one study with a statistically significant 
negative result, which I think doesn't say that um, ability grouping on average has a negative benefit or a negative yield. But I think what it says is that um, ability grouping across multiple classes has the potential to be negative for students. And I think this could help explain why we have um, such a volatility in RTI studies. But that's just my, my thesis of it. I think it could also be the complexity of RTI too. So um, the question then becomes, what do we do with this information? And you know, I actually, I stand behind RTI and I stand behind even potting. I've done potting. I found an incredibly powerful tool, but I think execution really matters. And I think before a school starts doing potting, they should make sure they're doing RTI right. So if you're going to do both, I think do RTI first, get the hang of it as a school, um, really get the hang of executing it well, learn from that process. And it is a learning process. And I, I'm telling you, any teacher ever does it will become a better teacher for it. Um, and I feel like once you've mastered that, then it'd be a great idea to throw potting in there um, and really make sure that you use fluid groups that are based off of learning goals, not based off of ability. Because I think it's very clear that the possible detriments of ability grouping across multiple classes is higher than the, the possible benefits. Um, I do want to touch on one last thing though, and um, I just wanted to touch on how this affected students of different um, learning levels because it, it did they did show that um, ability grouping based off of um, different classes or multiple classes had a different effect on different levels of learners, albeit not significant or statistically significant again. So they showed that it had the highest benefit for high-level learners, which doesn't surprise me. I find that high-level learners actually do the best in potting, and I find they benefit the most from it. Uh, it had a 0.04 negative effect size for medium-level learners and a 0.03 effect size for low-level learners. Um, I think that could suggest potentially that there is more benefit from the bottom and the top than there is for the middle within this, although none of these results are really statistically significant. So for example, that 0 0.06 uh, is the highest uh, effect size of anything we've looked at in this podcast or in the article I'm talking about. And um, RTI as a whole has an effect size of 1.29. That means we're looking at a magnitude of more than a hundredfold higher um, effect size. So the only takeaway I want to give the, the audience at the end of the day is that potting can be a great tool, but I think it's very important to make sure you use it well and to make sure not to try and implement potting at the same time as you're maybe learning a new challenging pedagogical uh, tool. Uh, that being said, I want to give my final shout out to Robert. And again, if um, anybody wants to give him a shout out on our Facebook page, I think that'd be awesome. Um, he will be missed. Um, although as we are close friends, I'm sure I'll see him uh, in the very near future in person. Um, as soon as I at least should say this uh, COVID shutdown ends. Um, on a final note, I do want to just announce that I am hopefully looking forward to an interview with Marianne Wolf in the near future. And um, it looks like I might be hosting a debate on the Reading More subject um, for two scholars in the near future, which I'm really excited for. Um, until next time, folks, that's it for now. If you are interested in uh, following Pedagogy Non Grata, you can check out our stuff on Facebook 
or um, you can go to our website www.pedagogynongrata.com or if you want to take a look at some of the products we sell, uh, you can go to Teachers Pay Teachers and search our brand name. Bye for now.